of Herbert West, who was my friend in college and in other life, I can only speak with extreme terror. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on first. Let me mention, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dad? Frankly, right here, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now, don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. <laughs> but lately they're getting on his just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. Cop Classics. We continue. And I offered up Reanimator. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 deserves expansion there, Monica. <laughs> I, this movie melted my brain. I was, I was I needed to take a 45 minute nap after watching it. And then I woke up. Screaming because it gave me nightmares. Into the, the dream journey. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? No. <laughs> I, I I remember when I first saw this movie, but it just like blew my mind. And I and I think it I I'd, I'd been into Lovecraft before, but I'd never read Herbert West Reanimator. Not that it's like, they're really comparable. It certainly takes a lot from the short story. And but the but, um Pride of Reanimator does continue the story as it continues in the the sort of short story. It's a, it's uh episodic, the book. Sure. Uh but this movie is off the wall. It is Stuart Gordon straight out of um theater going into making his first film and decided to take Lovecraft that he loved so much and inject it with as much sex as humanly possible. <laughs> and it's demented. <laughs> you got silence to that. Um, and has it's become a, yeah, a cult well, classic, absolute cult it classic. It has. Um, I remember seeing, like, when I was younger, so high school, I used to watch a lot of horror films and this just went in a whole bag of them. And... It, I, I found it sort of sits very firmly in that 80s gore 
period and has a lot of the tropes of the 80s gore films that when I look back on it, it sort of dates it a little bit for me because I watched it again just to, for the review's sake. <laughs> and and um, it, I think the, the cult status of it comes out of the fact that it is sort of a little bit above the norms in terms of effects and the uh, strange way that it's doing the Frankenstein stuff. So it's uh, definitely taken it out of the park there in that sense. Uh, but then some of the production design for me just sort of felt a little bit cheap. <laughs> it didn't stand up anymore. Yeah, it's oh, it was certainly low budget, <laughs> to say the oh, least. It, but not, you know, you can do low budget and still end up with something like The Evil Dead. So it's, I, I don't think it's that. It, it's more, it has that sort of almost porno feel to the photography and the look of it. It, it just, there's parts, it makes it ickier, I guess, in that sense. <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it's one of those ones it I can sort of it, see why people sort of, go back to it because it does shock in that sense on those senses. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's certainly um, a bit of an ickier one. Than, yeah, uh, I, um, I'd never seen the film before. Um, I'm not the best one that comes to horror films, admittedly. Um, I do get a little bit sort of easily spooked. Um, but um, it wasn't so much that I was spooked in this one. I just was really uncomfortable watching it. And I don't know if it's because looking back at the 80s, some of the things aren't okay now and that to me just sort of made me sort of go oh it's it's definitely it's just not a movie for me i'm sorry <laughs> it's it's repulsive as all hell uh yeah i it felt, i felt like my skin was crawling the entire time <laughs> i think that's one of the reasons that it still stands out in that um cultish aspect though is the fact that they are playing on that almost I think it's a precursor to things like Hostel, if you want. It's yeah. it's sort of. I think I yeah I I get where you go. I think it's a lot yeah. more tongue in cheek than stuff like that, though. It, it is, but at the same time, it still goes down that path. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I get the tongue in cheek aspect, but it's still taking you there. <laughs> yeah. I also have a question. Um. This obviously spoils the movie, but um, how is the guy able to control his body with his head cut off? <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> I suppose not, but I was just like, how does that work? And how does, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, that, the, that creation is certainly not of the book, so it's not a Lovecraftian no. thing that's very Stuart Gordon going crazy and I think he just had the punchline of the head giving head and thought that that's where he needed it to go not so much the head giving head more like the head attempting to assault a woman <laughs> but yes <laughs> yeah it um it, yeah it's absurd and in the second one he sews bat wings to the side of his head and his head can fly <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I look, it, the tongue-in-cheek sort of gets a bit missed, I think, now. If, if you watch it now, it's not as obvious because, as Monica's saying, you know, I guess sensibilities are very different in the way that you view it through a lens of our current culture and experience. So it's definitely lost that aspect over time. But um, it it's definitely holding its ground based on the 
the effects and the slight twist on uh, the zombie genre, if you want, in that it was sort of like a purposely created zombies with the chemical and bringing back to life. Well, he, he, leading I into... think he, he, it's like, it, it's just the more missteps on his road to what he wants. Hmm. And he's very, um, that kind of mad scientist, you know, thing yeah. where it's that kind of methodical results are important. This is just an accident. We'll just keep doing it. Yeah. I get it right. And even the character of Dan, um, fails as, a point of, um, I guess, a conscience as well, because he ends up using that on his girlfriend at the very end because he just feels tremendous guilt over what he's done, but he doesn't knowing it's the wrong thing. Yeah, Dan's sort of the, um, the when you read the short story, it's told from this sort of unnamed protagonist who is helping Herbert West, and oh. they've given Dan kind of a little bit more sympathy and character, whereas in the, in the book he just sort of goes along with it, like, okay, yep. Herbert yeah, what he's doing. yeah, he sort of muscled into it, and I, I found um, it was a lot of um, it was sort of like a manipulation circle jerk. Everyone's manipulating everybody. <laughs> yeah, but um, Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West is a pop culture icon for a reason. He, I will say, his performance <laughs> is actually pretty good. Um, he was very unsettling and just very straight faced and this serious guy who has issues and a, this obsession with death. Um, and I, then, I will but then like break him with the dead cat and find that absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I also the camera work when um, they're sort of chasing the um, Rufus who's been brought to life. I thought it was actually quite funny. Um, and I thought it was really effective, but um, yeah, the rest of the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the yeah, I mean, and the ending is horrific. <laughs> it just goes crazy. Yeah, it just turns into a bit of a zombie film. Yeah, it's um, uh, look for Jeffrey Combs. That's an icon iconic role. It's actually replicated, I believe, in lots of other horror films later down the track. So um, you have mm. to probably put a lot of weight on his performance as that character to the cult status of the film. And I think that's what carries it almost beyond it. Um, the actual plot and all of those sorts of things, it just seemed to be a scientific version of Pet Cemetery, to be honest. Uh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and or I think I think maybe King drew elements from... Maybe, because Pet Cemetery, the book, was out before the film. I mean the, the short story. <laughs> yeah, but how much of it reflects in Pet Cemetery, the short story? Because I don't know the short story. Oh, of Pet Cemetery? Yeah. Like uh, Pet just comes from more of a like a like a I guess a sense of like my my kid's dead. I need to get my kid back. It's more of an emotional than a scientific. Then no, I know that. Wrong. You've got the the cat, and then you've got um, him doing it to his love. At the end, is a very similar path to the book and i, I just oh, found well, that yeah, interesting none of that none of that's in the lovecraft story so yeah, yeah maybe so yeah. i think there's an influence in there from pet cemetery in that sense um but yeah it, it's at the time it, it was certainly uh one that trod ground that no one had gone down that's for sure and um i think that's one of the things that 
for better or worse, in whether Monica would see it that way, <laughs> is the reason that it still stands up in that sense. But um, I still yeah, think it's a reason it... you can buy toys of it. You can buy all like comic books. It's been adapted and redone so many times. They, they had a crossover with Evil Dead in the Army of Darkness comic books where Ash runs a path of Herbert West and it's fantastic <laughs> oh yeah look i can certainly see how something like reanimator um has influenced zombie films and it's sort of set the the bar um i can definitely see that so if if for that then i think it's done its job quite effectively yeah i love it I, it's one of the, i mean i love lovecraft though so it takes certain like it's at the you know, as messed up as lovecraft is and as a horrible person as he was and all that sort of stuff aside i love the weird fiction it's certainly a slice of weird fiction. <laughs> yes. So as extreme as it is, I yeah, I think since I've saw it, I've always enjoyed it for its uh all its all its uh, ugliness. It's still I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy Stuart Gordon's films. All of his films have a very strange streak to them. Mm. What was his other films? I um, didn't research that. Uh, so he uh, from Beyond uh Aegon, he did dreams in the witch house that's just lovecraft films <laughs> yep. yeah okay. um, yeah so he came from theater that used to perform lovecraft plays and decided they wanted to make a movie mm. so um he's had a hand in a few of them oh, if it's his first film i guess uh, yeah gotta give him credit for it that's yeah oh he's regarded as one of the masters of horror so mm. Horrible, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Reanimator. Icky. <laughs> Def <Yeah>. Definitely. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> cool. Our next uh, next episode that you're going to listen to is we're doing something new we're kind of experimenting with. This will be the first attempt, which is the idea of um, works that are connected to other works. So um, we'll be looking at Doom. Doom, not Duma. Doom. 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 We'll be looking at Doom. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica and I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs>